T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Quick reminder, March for Cancer coming up May 19th on Fort Lauderdale Beach. What a great cause we have. Um, all the funds, they go directly to helping people who are currently dealing and battling cancer, need more resources, uh, whether it's is paying the bills, travel to treatments, groceries, you know, you don't realize the things that people go through when they're battling cancer. You know, we always talk about the research and finding a cure, which is all tremendously important, but, um, there are people who are in the battle right now. So March for Cancer, May 19th, Fort Lauderdale beach. Go to marchforcancer.org, marchforcancer.org. Register there. You can either donate, volunteer. Uh, if you're a sponsor out there, if you're one of the sponsors who can listen to our show and you want to support the cause, uh, would love that as well. Marchforcancer.org. Check it out there. All right, let's get to today's show. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome on in, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you, along with Seema. And Tommy Guns, good morning, guys. Wow, good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to be back. Happy to have you in studio. Been missing you guys. How is everything? Everything's fabulous. Good to see you, and I would want to be you because you look radiant. Thank you. I appreciate wow, that. You, you look, look fantastic, radiant. guys. You, you look, look fantastic. It's good to see morning. you guys. It's been a crazy. There's been a lot of things that have been happening since we've been together. What? It's been wild. Things have been turned on their head. I mean, like, buses, like that, don't we? Buses be breaking, you know, yeah. people getting arrested, awesome fights. It's all going down. Fights getting canceled. Fights awesome getting canceled because of fights. Because of stakes. I, don't know, I mean, it's been wild. It's all going down. Fake news. Fake news. What's fake news? The the the, the, the PED stakes. stakes? Yeah. The Canelo stakes? You don't buy that? No. <laughs> I'm not buying it either. You buy it? Nah, I thought they. I thought I thought it was gonna be all BS though. I thought that uh, Vegas, I thought the athletic commission when they're like, yeah, 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 we're gonna have a hearing like two weeks before the fight. I'm like, okay, you're having a hearing two weeks before the fight. Like you're really gonna cancel the fight. And to their credit, they uh, they seem like they they made it serious enough that Canelo pulled out of that fight. So I don't know who Triple G is gonna fight. I mean, it, it seems like they're running out of options, and I don't know why. Conor McGregor. I, oh, I like the way you think. If he's, you know, if he's allowed here. I don't know what the deal is with Connor. He could still fight. <laughs> that all seemed like it got really quiet. Like, it was an outrage for 48 hours, and then it was like, well, look at all these views we got on the... Uh, We're going to make money off of We got of a lot of views on that Dolly video. I mean, it was our highest embedded video ever. I think uh, I think we may have something here with Connor versus Khabib. Thank you, TMZ. Very nice. Well, the, well, it wasn't even the teams. Did you see? Did you guys end up seeing the 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 they had the embedded crew? So they had like the HD. It was oh, like no. it was theatrical. Oh no! It was theatrical. <laughs> like it was uh, it was slow motion, <sighs> right into your living room. Connor throwing the dolly in your face. 
Oh, from inside the bus. Yes, I did see that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had every angle. It was, it was. There were more angles of that than there are in an NFL game. It's like the 360 view from the court. Yeah. Oh, it was very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, so last night we had Dustin Poirier defeating Justin Gaethje, fourth round TKO. Did you guys, what'd you make of that one? That was it. Was crazy back and forth between those two. I love, I love a Gaethje fight mm-hmm. because he's gonna just stand and bang. Yep. And um, so someone asked me, who do you think is going to win? And I said, if Justin Gaethje has learned how to have some sort of defense, he'll probably win the fight because he's a beast. And he didn't. He proved that he didn't. What, he got hit 180 times in the head. Yeah. His defense is, I'm going to take as many shots until you get tired. And I get the strategy because, look, there were times where Dustin, he was back onto the stool and, and they're icing him up. He's clearly banged up in that leg. Uh, you know, he took two really, really bad eye pokes. One that got a point taken away from Gaethje. That were uh, that were that were pretty bad. But the other, but the difference was is he was making Gaethje miss a lot and moving around, and eventually found one that that finally ended it all for Gaethje. Gaethje got sloppy. Yeah, he got very comfortable with throwing those leg kicks, leg kicks, leg kicks. And his corner actually told him, keep going for those leg kicks. And I think I think by the end of the fourth round, it would have been difficult for Poirier to continue to stand on that leg. Yeah. The way the shots that he was taking. But you saw it, he threw that leg kick and dropped that right hand. Yeah. Left he, his chin wide open. It was grueling. It, it was grueling for Poirier. Uh, he was he was he left on crutches afterwards. I mean, he really, really put it all out there to get that win. Um and then afterwards called He earned it. He earned it. He earned it. He's been he you know, it was funny seeing his record flash up there yesterday. I think he's now 25-4 and four with a no contest because Eddie Alvarez hit him with a knee when he was down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tremendous record. It is. That's a tremendous Especially record nowadays. for Dustin Poirier. And then you look at the guys that he's lost to. Um, I mean, we're talking Conor McGregor four years ago. Uh, probably, I mean, in the absolute rise of Conor McGregor at a fight that was at 145. You know, Dustin's in a different weight class now. You know, Michael... I think- I think that he that fight was basically the the springboard for what he has become. Yeah. They've done so much work. I mean, you know, credit to our guy Daya who's who's his top boxing guy at American Top Team. They've they've really put up a lot of work and made him better. Um, you know, I remember Dustin was in studio here probably 3 years ago. He came in with Rashad Evans. The the UFC brought him along and you know, he was he was just off the McGregor loss, and he was and uh, he was talking with Rashad afterwards, just like you know how he feels like you know I, you know I get in my own head sometimes, but I do feel like it's all coming together. It looks like it's all coming together for him, you know, outside of a a, a crazy slugfest with Michael Johnson, and you get clipped with something. I mean, this guy has just been in a tremendous role, a right. tremendous role, and Agreed. we're seeing a well-rounded striker who can who can really really do it all. Makes guys miss. I mean, he's very very skilled, Tommy Guns. He is. I really like um, watching also the end of it when the crowd was booing because obviously they wanted Gaethje to win. That's yeah. the hometown love that he was receiving. But to say, give it to us because we both poured our hearts out yeah. here. And and it was true. It was great from beginning to end. It was a gritty fight, solid fight. Both both guys brought it. And and I have to agree with Sima that Gaethje just didn't protect himself at the end. Yeah. He should have fallen on Poirier. I think Gaethje said afterwards he's got five fights left in his career. I don't know if his chin has five fights left. 
He may have five fight left left in his mind. Right. But he keep. I mean, you can't take. We're talking about little gloves, and he was taking some bombs. Yep. And just kept walking forward, walking forward, walking forward. And I will say, a lot of those shots that he took, he did have his arms up. He moves his elbows a lot. But he was still taking some bombs and straight up the middle to those uppercuts. Yeah. You just can't, as a human being, regardless of what your chin's made of, you can't continue to take shots like that. You're going to end up get having scrambled eggs for brains. Yeah, and I think he's, I mean, it's three fights now in the UFC, I think. Um, and even the fight that he won against Michael Johnson. I mean, he a was war. in tremendous danger in that yeah. fight. And... You know, that's kind of been Michael Johnson. Like, if Michael doesn't get you out in a round, usually it's gonna you're going to find a place where he either trips up. That's kind of been the bugaboo of his career, that this guy's, you know, got uh, amazing talent. So, man, he has been just in three absolute slobber knockers. And I don't know. I, I mean, it's one thing to do that in World Series of Fighting, but when you get to this level and these guys have been through the cut of it all, they've been through each level, I don't know if, it, I don't know if that style can hang, even if it is something everybody wants to watch you can't do that against the elite of the world he was able to what was he 17 and 0 when he yeah. left world series of fighting so 17 and 0 you're fighting subpar competition now you step up and you're against the elite in the world and you're one and two nothing changes unless something change changes and he's got to change something and you could see what's it whitman in his corner mm-hmm so Whitman, if you watch the background as he's taking these these final shots, and Whitman's just kind of there with his chin on the on the edge of the canvas, and he's just watching. He's not yelling anything out. He's not grab him, try to take him down. It's almost like he had a look on his face, like I told you. Yeah, you are like, look. I'm sure that they work on stuff in camp. He know, look, you know who your fighter is, and you have to play to their strengths and what they are at their heart. But I'm sure there is a, a, a part of any coach that's going to be like, I, that you know this is eventually going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know it's going to happen. And you have to adjust. Dustin Poirier's done a lot of adjusting and a lot of growing in his career. And, you know, moving up in weight classes, finding new styles, finding a smarter style. And you can see the growth. You can see that it's all there for him and that, that this may be where he really does. If he's not going to get his title shot next, which he's called for against Khabib, uh, he's certainly got to be now in the conversation of amongst that group. You know, it's a really messed up situation right now at lightweight because of the Connor versus Khabib, and obviously that's Tony. Tony, although Tony, <clears throat> I, I saw a picture of Tony's leg this week, and it looked. I don't, look. I'm no doctor. That's a lot. There, there were a lot of staples in that leg. Oh yeah. Oh my God, it was gross. It looked like there were about 30 staples on the side of his leg. The Frankenstein knee. So I don't know how long it's gonna take. I imagine Tony Ferguson heals probably fa faster than other because he's insane, and he'll try and get out there quick. But I think it's gonna be a while for Tony Ferguson. I don't think he's gonna be back anytime soon. See, but then you got above that, you got Edson Barbosa, who's fighting next week. You got Eddie Alvarez. Did they ever rematch? They didn't rematch. No. They didn't rematch. I think that's a good... I think they have a rematch, and whoever wins that fight gets the title shot. Because I don't know if Tom, Connor's going to come back real soon after what happened. It'd be it'd be great. You'd imagine we probably got to find out what happens at his hearing, right? Because I guess his hearing is, what, in June? Or his lawyers are going to be? Does he even have to be there for probably that? Probably not. Probably not. So, Usually the hearings you don't. So if... One, from what I hear. <laughs> you got to imagine that... 
they want to do Connor versus Khabib, and I can't imagine they're going to want to risk Khabib because... You think they do that in Russia, though? Ouch. Uh, I think you need a lot of security to do that fight in Russia. I don't know. I don't know. You think you think that they would go crazy for Connor there? I think they just I think they'd just be happy to have the fight there because it would be their first. If that if that was on their first Russian card, I think they'd was be it happy supposed to, have to it. be in St. Petersburg or something? like No, that? I think it's supposed to be in Moscow. Moscow. Ooh. I think it's supposed to be in Moscow. So I don't know. Connor, bring your better bring your own chef. Yeah. <laughs> um. And it's posse. Yeah. Yeah. To all the hooligans, all, bring, all of all of them. <laughs> bring bring the country. Bring all of Dublin with you and be and uh, and be Dublin. Careful. But yeah, I don't know. Um, Dustin, look, it's the best. It's the best division in the UFC. It's not the best division in the UFC for nothing. It's it's tremendously hard. If Edson beats Kevin Lee next week, I would say he's in the conversation. The problem is he just lost to Khabib, so that's probably what knocks him off right now. Um, Tony's injury, Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, if, if if him and Eddie do a fight together, that would make sense. If Kevin Lee wins next week and you do Kevin Lee versus Dustin, I think that'd be a fantastic fight. You know, the thing, look, the thing that sucks for Dustin is nice guys finish last. And I just think that, you know, the, he he's doing everything that he can. He's just going out there and he can win. Um, and he's not going to go throw a dolly at Khabib's head. You know, he's he's going to be super respectful. And there's there's great honor in that, but I don't know if it gets you to the title fight as fast as you probably want it to. So I would say, yeah, you should probably put you probably should put Dustin Poirier against whoever you think is the other top contender and put it on Khabib's next card if it is against Connor. Um, what happens with Gaethje? Because we've seen so let's let's remember we've seen a guy like this before, and he they just never make it to the top. What do you think happens with Gaethje? And then the guy I'm referring to is Diego Sanchez. Oh, did, I thought you were going cowboy there. No, I think Diego Sanchez is more like Gaethje. Okay. Because Diego Sanchez just, just continued. Just all blood and guts. Diego Sanchez punches himself in a fight. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, he he, he has those Ga- Gaethje characteristics. And I we've seen that guy, and while it's entertaining and it's exciting and fans love it and it's brutal, they never make it to the top. Yeah, and the thing that's crazy about Gaethje, too, is the fact that he's got... He clearly has some great strategy and a great mind for it. Like, he's 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 breaking down his fighters he's a wrestler. Yes. He's a wrestler. Yes. No, All he does it. is use his wrestling to keep you from taking him down. Yeah, and so you think, like, if he were to... Remember when Cowboy had that? Uh, speaking of Cowboy, like you remember when he had that that kind of revolution when he moved immediately to... Uh, when he moved to welterweight and he started taking guys down and just adding into the kickboxing and he went on an amazing run basically right. until he lost to Mosfidal I think and cuz he got kicked in the belly kicked it, well kicked in the belly and yeah and he took it on 2 weeks notice cuz he's yeah. insane um i i, I think that I, I don't think for a guy like this the story is over it's just no. that there has to be an adjustment there has to Definitely. be a change and yeah you've gotten all this way doing that but there has to be a change there has to be uh, there has to be a step up. There has to be a tweak, and he's clearly got the talent to do it. You know, we we we've seen growth in this sport. He can definitely do it. It's just a question of does he want? Like he's saying afterwards uh, in the post fight press conference, he's like, "I'm not here for wins or losses. I'm here to entertain." It's like, all right, well, how long do you want to entertain? Do you want to entertain for two more years, or do you want to? You know, you're not you're not an old gentleman. Do you want to entertain for two? Hey, what's more he years? like? Twenty seven? Yeah, he's not he's not old. So like, do you want to entertain for a couple more years, which would be five fights, or do you want to entertain for? 
you know, five years and, and keep getting paid and probably keep yourself a lot safer. It's a, it, it's a, I don't know. Bellator was tremendous this past week, too. We'll tell you about that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 7-9 The Ticket. Tobin, Seema, Tommy Guns back together again. Very, very exciting. Back together yes, again. Uh, before we get into Bellator, we got March for Cancer coming up. Um, That's right. May 19th. May 19th is coming May up real 19th. soon. You ready for it? You very ready. Training? I'm very ready for it. I'm very excited for it. Um, gonna be, it's going to be a busy day, same day as my daughter's birthday. Uh-oh. So I'm getting up bright and early. Doing you can that. have cake at the beach. I'm earning me some cake. <laughs> Earning me some, earning me some, some birthday cake that day. It's I was telling, I was telling folks last week, like beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful walk run, right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach. You guys have been doing it how many years? To be eight, eight years. Yeah, eight years. Imagine that. And it what's, it, what's, what's really great about it is because yes, there are a lot of amazing organizations for cancer, which are all very necessary to get research money. But um, as you've described in years past, what's, what's uh, tremendous about this, uh, this fundraiser is because it goes directly to people who are dealing with it right away and and helps them with the resources they need just basically to live day to day. Yes. It's it's basically money to money money resources and support for individuals that are actually going through cancer treatment. So while research is great and we all want to find a cure for the various cancers that there are, there's individuals that are in that fight right now. So uh, we started the March for Cancer eight years ago uh, when I was battling brain cancer. And we started this with uh, Memorial Hospital, Memorial Cancer Institute, and Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. And the fund is there to support individuals that can't provide for themselves while while they're fighting cancer. So from food that's considerate of the treatment that they're going through. Uh, individuals to come and provide support for them in their home to make sure they're in a safe and clean environment, transportation to and from treatment, Uh, subsidies if they're unable to pay for utility bills. So we had a young lady about two years ago who was diagnosed with cancer, stage four breast cancer. Uh, She started treatment immediately. She could not go to work. She was laid off from work because she couldn't, couldn't go to work. And DCF was going to come in and take her children because she was not able to pay for her utilities to keep the electricity on in her home, to keep a safe environment for her children. And through the March for Cancer Fund, we were able to provide subsidies so that she could have peace of mind, keep the lights on, provide for her children, her family, while she went through this fight. And now she's, uh, she's doing great. Awesome. She's put this cancer behind her and is now able to move on with the rest of her life without being separated from her from her children. So just being able to be there and support the day-to-day quality of life type items for cancer patients. Yeah, and I can just tell you guys from being, you know, just going to the event for a few years now, man, like, it's such an up, It's it, you know, it, it's such a terrifying topic to talk about with people, and, and it really, it scares you. What an uplifting day it is. It's, oh, yeah. it's really, really powerful to see. The amount of families out there, um, the the just amount of groups together, people doing survivors, it in, people doing it in teams together. Yes, it's really unifying and really, really, it's a it's it's a it's it's a strange, powerful thing that all kind of comes together on that on that beach. It's really, it's really, it's it's not something you you feel commonly when you're talking about scary topics like this. But man, you really can see people feeling like they have a huge victory in all of it. 
And the, the great part about it is we have tremendous corporate sponsors that, that support the initiative to put on. It's a 5K walk run, so if you don't run and you just want to walk, you want to have a beautiful walk down Fort Lauderdale Beach with an amazing backdrop as the sun comes up. We have some beautiful sunrises here in South Florida. So the 5K walk run starts just south of Las Olas, goes north almost to Sunrise Boulevard and back. And then we have a great, great event to um, acknowledge and award all those that are participating. But our corporate sponsors allow us to to put on the event and to create the event. So every participant, when you register as a participant from participant one, your dollars are going directly into the March for Cancer Fund. So trust and believe that as one as the first participant on through everyone that's running or walking along the course, you're supporting someone. You're providing for someone who's who's in the fight of their life. That's immediate impact. It's a hundred percent volunteer. We're not an organization that has administrative fees. It's all volunteer based, and all of those funds go into the March for Cancer Fund, and is and is um, supported by Memorial Cancer Institute. So, if you're interested in sponsoring, you're interested in volunteering, you're interested in participating. Log on to marchforcancer.org and register. It's on March 19th. May 19th. Beautiful Saturday. Oh, May. May. I'm sorry. Yeah. We passed it if it's March, right? (laughs) May 19th. May 19th. Saturday, May 19th. Uh, So register, get involved, reach out, support, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we'd love to have you out there supporting uh, these people that are that are truly in the, in the fight of their life. Yeah, I'll tweet you guys out a link to uh, after the show today uh, at Brendan underscore Tobin and retweet it at seven nine the ticket so you guys can get that. We're going to uh, remind you, you every week. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we also had uh, this past week we had uh, we had Bellator on Friday. Yes, sir. Uh, very exciting card. There was a fun card. I love I love watching Michael Chandler fight. Um, but I was also very interested because Kimbo's son was fighting Kevin Ferguson Jr. aka Baby Slice aka Kimbo Slice Jr. He's got like a lot of names. He goes by Baby Slice, the moniker. But it's weird because when I interview him, he says he doesn't like that moniker. So I don't know. I don't know. I never know what to call him. I just call him Slice. There you go. Um, That's safe. But I got to tell you, I've watched every one of his fights. Um, I, I've always been very interested in Kimbo. And, you know, one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done was doing Kimbo in this studio. Very, I was just blown away by the guy because he had such a weird mystique about him that he was marketed around you, th- you remember just you, this guy got on broadcast television around kimbo slice and just gone from us way too soon and you know from down here miami miami born and bred and so well not miami born but bo- miami bred and so his sons uh his son he didn't want his son to fight now his son is fighting in bellator and he's awesome and he's not fighting like his father that's the crazy <laughs> thing you know, he, he wrestled in high school. He's he's got he's well rounded. He's training with absolute killers in Long Beach. I mean, Aaron Pico, people think he's going to be like the, you know the next truth. Trains with him. AJ McKee, who's on I think what is he twelve and zero now, who won on that same card, trains with him. So he's training with absolute monsters. You know, I remember the first time I got to interview him before his Bellator debut. He's like, yeah, I used to tell my dad, it's like, man, you should you should do some of this, and he never would have it. He never listened to it. And he's incorporating this. I mean, the fact that he, he goes out there and he's you just see the well-rounded game. He's on the ground. He's put in submissions. And he's got bombs in his hand, too, for the right. weight class. Um, 
it's it's really really impressive to watch Kimbo Kimbo Jr. fight. He's he's really really talented, and I mean his only loss. I remember watching his only loss. He was winning that fight. It was just one of those weird rookie slip ups, and you're just like, man, that's just the sport. But even Aaron Pico got clocked in his first fight, so you never know. It's just it, that's the sport, and I'm just very very impressed with him as a prospect, and I'm very very uh, happy because they go to him. Uh, after he gets his win, you know, wins the fight very, very quickly. He's like, I want my next fight to be in Miami. I want yeah. my next fight to be down here. And I was reading up some of the background of what he wants to do because he was calling about this before the fight. And he's like, here's what I want. I've been having Dada 5000. He's his training crew. He's got a lot of his guys that are chirping at me. I want to fight one of those guys. We do it the second generation, Kimbo versus Dada 2, down here in Miami. He's like, I told Scott Coker, I said, it's a guaranteed sellout. It's a guaranteed sellout. I'm like, man, what a head this kid has on his shoulders to not only think that he's got the skill set, that he fights differently from his father, more well-rounded than his father, but still has like the, the, the patented power. But now he's also got the marketing behind him, the marketing brain behind him. He's just a very impressive young man. I was, I, I'm, I, I'm a huge, huge fan. And I would love to see that fight. You do it down at the that uh, either do it at the New Hard Rock Event Center. I've already been to uh, to one card there. I went to the Alliance card a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a great great venue. It was fun for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's I don't know if the capacity is quite enough. If if he thinks that this is going to be some huge sellout or if that's big enough for Bellator, but if not, why not do it at the the old uh, the Watsco Center, the old Bank United Center, where his father did his second pro fight? Yeah. That'd be a cool story too. It would. I, be. I think that'd be fun. I hope Scott Coker gets on this. You know, I'm sure I, he will. They're they're marketing guys. I'm sure they see the opportunity, but I think it would be I think it'd be great down in Miami. I would too. You know, not not to take anything away from the event center, but the event center in a, in that configuration is probably what, two thousand seats, eighteen hundred seats. It's small, yeah. And so, and so for smaller shows like I, I did the I went to the boxing <laughs> show and I went to the L line and it was great. I mean, it was fun to watch. Uh I don't know if that's big enough for Bellator. And it doesn't it's not all circular around. It's it's horseshoe kinda. Right. But it's still Although cool. I did, I did see their their crowd, their crowd in uh, what was it, Bulgaria or some Hungary last week, Budapest. Which it looked like that? there were fourteen people in the crowd. Was that was Bellator. that oh, yeah. Man, really? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I felt bad. Bulgaria, it's hardcore. Yeah. You gotta no, think if you're hungry. Go, if you're gonna go to Hungary, you would think that you know it's gonna be a huge crowd. Mm. Not so much. Mm. Um, but it was still a fun car. It was he- quite dark. <laughs> they, <laughs> a lot of they left, they left it dark, and they kept the camera really on uh, one one angle. Uh, yeah, so there's that. And then Michael Chandler, you know, we're speaking about all these these lightweights. I, I mean, this guy's one of the best lightweights in the world. And it does, I do wonder, you know, Eddie got to make the jump after a lot of embattlement and a lot of legal issues with Bjorn. But I, I do wish Michael Chandler was able to make the jump to UFC. I'm sure they, I'm sure he gets taken care of, but... I think he's. I think he's right in this. In this. In this crop. I mean, you talk. If, if it's such a deep. It's such a deep division in the UFC. But I mean, knockout power. Great wrestling. Great. I mean, he has it all. He really has it all. He has the look. Um, he's he's a he's a fantastic talker. I almost wish that he was able to have that that UFC stage. Even though I'm sure, you know, he is the Bellator. He is the embodiment of Bellator. He's one of their most recognizable fighters of all time. But. I would like to see him on that stage. I'm, I'm a little bummed that we never get. To, we won't. I don't think we'll ever get to see it. You you got to believe as a fighter that you always want to fight the best. You want to prove that you're the best. And right now, especially as it relates to Michael Chandler, there's that argument. 
Like, you know, he, he, he truly can't say that he's the best because he's not fighting the best. I mean, let's, let's be real about yeah. that situation. I would say he's definitely a top 10 fighter. I'd have to see the way that he responds and reacts in the environments that these top five the fighters. Stage was, yes. Yes. In you know, UFC. Because we could do the MMA math and say, well, he's beaten Eddie before. He's had very, he's had unbelievable fights with Eddie where he's lost, but he's beaten Eddie. Eddie's been the champ. So we right. could do some MMA math, but you're right. The stage is the stage. Right. Look at, look at Eddie's transition into UFC wasn't that smooth. Nope. Slow. You know, he got, he got pummeled in a couple fights. Hector's also. Hell yeah, man. Hector yeah, as well. Hector. So we look at that. We look at the transition, and it's it's not just about fighting skills and capabilities. It's it's about being able to control your emotions, not in front of two thousand people, but in front of twenty thousand people that are either cheering for you or booing for you, booing at you, and just the, the the pressure that comes with that stage, and what you wear on your shoulders as a UFC fighter. It's a little different. So I would love to see him make that transition. I don't know if Bellator would ever allow that to happen financially. Uh, they would probably pay extra. Yeah. And He's at the end that... of the day, it's a, it is a business, so he has to do the right thing that's best for his family. But you got to believe deep down in his heart that he wants a shot to fight the best of the best in the world. Yeah. And in order to do that, he's going to have to make that, that leap. But I get it. Like, there is something also to be said for being the guy on yeah. a very well-backed financial fight promotion. He's always going to main event, basically, if he fights for them. Uh, he's one of the he's one of the rare guys that's still... He, he's one of the rare guys that Bellator will bank on to main event that's not necessarily a former UFC legend right now. Right. That's kind of how you... That's kind of how Bellator is hooking everybody in with these... Uh, the, the heavyweight Grand Prix, like Frank Mears fighting Fedor in a couple of weeks, which, look, I'm into it. It's fun, whatever. Absolutely. Cool. They're legends. I'm cool. I'm, 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 I'm down to watch it. And I, got, I, got, I'm, I have no uh, qualms about it. But um, Michael's one of the guys where you're like, Michael's fighting, and you just want to see Michael Chandler fight just because of who he is. You know how talented he is. And they don't have – they're getting, I think, those guys like Pico, McKee, and Kimbo, who all train together. Uh, I think all three of those guys have tremendous features, but we're talking about guys who are. I mean, AJ's got a dozen fights. Pico's got three, uh, and 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 Kevin's got four. So they're ve- they're they're babies basically right. in this sport. Um, long road ahead of them. Long road ahead of them. So I would just I, I would I would hope that because he's he's getting to that area where I think Mike's going to be thirty soon. You'd think if he's going to make the jump, he'd want to do it soon in his prime. Right. You don't want it to be too past your prime, but uh, like you said, I don't know. I don't know what the if if it's. I wonder how many fight he's got fights he's got left on his deal because you mentioned Eddie's got one Eddie's left got with one. the UFC. So I wonder how many how many fights he's locked in for. I don't know. I don't know. But like you said, I think it's. I think they're going to make it very hard for him to leave. I think if you know, it would be one of those things. I think with Michael where. He'd probably have to leave. If he's going to leave, he's got to probably leave for, like, when Hector left. And Hector got that huge deal. He's going to – because the one thing with the UFC, you can't get sponsors. And this guy's got monster energy. He's got – he's he looks like a damn billboard in the uh, yeah. in the octagon – in the uh, in the cage. Daytona 500. Yeah. Not only that, but part of what took place with the Lombard signing was the ferociousness – of the way he fought in Bellator, coupled 
with the fact that the UFC wanted to take some of their star power away. Right. And I don't know if the UFC feels they need to do that anymore. And do they need to maybe pay a little, pay a premium in order to capture those guys and bring them over? Are they willing to do that? Do they want to do that? Do they feel that's necessary at this point? That will determine probably how deep they dig into their pocket. Well, I think there's also got to be a thing for Scott Coker where, you know, they've put on pay-per-views now and they're doing this highly publicized. Like, if you're going to, if you really want to run with UFC and if not take them over, you really want to be looked upon as some kind of a competitor. I don't know how you can let a guy like Michael Chandler walk unless he, unless he basically demands it because he absolutely wants to fight in the UFC. But... Who knows? They might be signing Conor McGregor. Huh? <laughs> nah, uh, highly doubtful. Yeah. I think the the fact that Bellator exists and exists the way that it does is good that it's there because yeah. not everybody wants to be under the umbrella of Dana. True. Than UFC, and if Chandler is getting paid through and su- supporting his family, it's a career, right? So yeah, absolutely. He's getting the the payment. He's doing what he needs to do. He's doing what he wants to do. And if he doesn't fight some of those others that are under the umbrella of UFC, then maybe he's all right with that. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he doesn't need to prove anything to himself. He knows that it's a guy who's had fight of the years before. I mean, people know what a badass he is. They know that he's talented. He's blessed, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tatted on his chest. Tatted on his chest. Uh, we come back. A couple things going on in boxing. Gennady Golovkin still no opponent. And a strange Oscar De La Hoya story. Oh, my. Another one. Yeah. Is he, dress- is he dressing up again? We'll tell you about it next. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. It's Fighter's Fury here on 7 Night of The Ticket. Tobin, Seaman, Tommy Guns here with you. Whoop, whoop. All together again. So you were impressed with uh, Karate Hottie yesterday, Tommy oh, Guns? Oh, man, I am You're over a fan? the moon. I'm a fan for sure. She's talented. She's very talented. She's a badass. She is, and she's very uh, precise, strategic. I love it. She's a great fighter. And I think she was, uh, who was she in Victor? I think she was a 105-pound champion in Victor. I didn't yes. even know that was a thing. Atom weight. <laughs> I didn't even know that. At- was- That's what they call it? Atom weight. Yep. Atom weight. Yep. 105 pounds. That's crazy. Wow. Um, so, yeah, she got the win yesterday. Courtney Casey, she got the win over her. Split decision. Um, I thought I thought the, the win, though, I thought it was right. Um, and then also yesterday, they had Israel Adesanya beating Marvin Vittori. He got a split decision. I don't know why a judge thought that Vittori won two rounds. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. Uh, but Adesanya's a fun fighter. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a fun fighter. He's got a, he's, he's a good bleep talker, and he does some fun stuff in the, in the ring. But he's a... Uh, yeah, I guess came over from kickboxing. I watched him on the Australia card a little bit back, and uh, and he had an impressive win. And so we'll see, we'll see what comes of him. And then Carlos Condit lost his fourth straight yesterday. Also, that was that was he needs to. That uh, was a bloody fight. Yeah, I think he should. It was. Well, he said he was. He said he was done. He's, he did say he's done, and all. Of a, I was shocked to see him back on the card. He was supposed to and, fight. He was supposed to fight Matt Brown, which I think would have been a better matchup for him. That I think that would have been a great war. Yeah. And but, both those guys have said they want to kind of end it. So maybe do that fight, and then both of them can you know, almost ride off into the sunset. I would agree. But I don't know if he's going to be able to do that fight now because, what, Matt Brown tore ACL? Oh, did he? That was the injury? That's what, yeah. Oh. Torn ACL. Yeah, that's a long way back. 
Yeah. That's a long way back. That's a tough one. A uh, couple of boxing notes. So, Manny Pacquiao officially parted ways with Freddie Roach this week, which bummed me out. What? Yep. He's uh, really? he's fighting Lucas Matisse this summer, and he officially announced via press release that he and Freddie have parted, with that uh, that Freddie's not going to be his trainer, that he's going to go with Boo Boy Fernandez for this card. And Who's that? Uh, he's, he, you've probably seen him in every 24 seven. He's the, uh, he's, he's the, he's the Filipino guy who's always doing drills with him. Mm. Um, but he's, he's been in his corner for a lot of these fights. Uh, I don't know if he translates for Freddie or he, he gives Freddie's instructions to him in Filipino also, cause you know how Freddie is as, as his health has gotten worse. Like you can hear in the corner, it's gotten much softer. The voice has gotten softer. Mm-hmm. So Boo Boo is kind of, he's been around Manny's camp now for a while. Uh, but he's going to be his the head guy. And Freddie said that apparently in the last fight that Manny had, that he that, that Manny wasn't happy with some of the things that he was saying in the Jeff Horn fight. And I thought that Manny won that Jeff Horn fight. I thought it was a ridiculous decision. But even so, Freddie thought that, he, you know, he had his comments about, you know, Manny not being the same fighter, you know, that, that, that the end is coming there. And so, so I could see him being a little... You know. Being annoyed. And, yeah. you know, there's part of me also that I thought, I think this split probably would have, because Manny's also also in battle with top rank, and they're claiming that th- th- there's been claims that Manny is off contract with them and that he's basically doing this next fight on his own. And there's part of me that has also thought that the relationship with top rank has kept Freddie in the fold probably longer than it would have been because, you know, Manny's not the best guy to go and promote fights, obviously. You know he's he's not the best talker, and 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 English isn't his first language. Freddie, even though he is he's he's a great talker, people love talking to Freddie Roach. He sells a fight. He's honest. So having a guy like that in the fold, like people are like, hey man, you got to have Freddie around. Freddie's Freddie's great for the lead up of the fight. You know people give his opinions. He's he's a media darling basically. Um, so I wonder I wonder if that's if that played into it at all. Uh, even even though these guys have been together forever, but. I mean, look, trainer splits happen all the time in sports. It's just odd. The, these guys are like peanut butter and jelly. To not have Manny Pacquiao and Freddie Roach together is very odd. Yeah, very. It's, it's very strange. Um, curious to see how he'll look. You know, Manny, yeah, look, the MO is he goes in there. He, he, he looks great for a bunch of rounds. The problem with Manny's always been, not always been, but the, the problem with Manny has been in the latter part of his career, he really lets up the gas when he feels like he has somebody beat. Right, he's not a guy who goes. He doesn't want to hurt him. He doesn't go for the jugular anymore. That's just not his style. Same thing I with Jeff. Jeff Warren, he had him on the canvas. Fight could have arguably been stopped. Let up, let up, and that's 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 been the big crux and why he hasn't been the same guy that he was. Also, you know, maybe not as enhanced. But hey, hey genuinely, watch. genuinely, the mentality I think has changed for Manny Pacquiao as well. Um, so there's that news. Tyson Fury announced that he's coming back in June. <laughs> Which is cool. I'm happy to see that Tyson Fury looks great. I tell you what, for being a dude who is 400 pounds, he's looking lean and mean. And I think that's fun to have him back in the heavyweight picture with Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Um, so that's fun. He'll be back June 9th against a opponent to be announced. Wow, these TBDs are TBD. becoming popular. And finally, yes, Oscar De La Hoya is part of an extortion plot by two Instagram models. For $2 million uh, with a sex tape that apparently involves kitchen utensils going where kitchen utensils don't go in Oscar de la Hoya. Ouch. It brings a whole <sighs> new meaning to spooning, huh? 
a spoon, man. Who wants to use it his kitchen? <laughs> even even worse. That oh would my hurt God! That's the ouch. Even more. That's ouch. Um. So yeah. So Oscar, just when you thought that fishnets and, and Everlast gloves was as high as hardcore as it was gonna go, not not so. The Golden Boy is uh still rocking. What a fetish! You think Gears of Boxing kind of scrambled his eggs like that? Which know. eggs? I don't know, Tommy Guns. He's he, he's had a lot That's of. That's bizarre. You know what's weird too, is Oscar's had. I mean, he's for. I mean, he, uh, for 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 a, a long career in boxing. I mean, he's had a lot of career success. I mean, he's running Golden Boy Promotions. It's not like he's out of the spotlight. I maybe this is him just taking the Canelo Alvarez news very hard. Everybody, I'm kind of like everybody has their ways to cope. Do I want? Do I want to say something? Do I not want to say something? Everybody has their ways to cope. Sima, he's got to do what he got to do. Man, yep. Like, what's up, Oscar? (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I get. I guess you you don't know what's up, Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Spoons, knives. Do you think you can extort a guy who's had the pictures that he's had in the past? I feel like he'd be like. Ah, so what? Just add it onto the fire. I don't know. It all depends on what kind of kitchen utensils he was working with and where they were going. Hopefully, it wasn't a beaker, egg beater. What's wrong with this dude? I don't know. So, if I understand it correctly, drinking his his spoons. So his ex is extorting him, or the models are extorting. What they did was, I read this. They went to Oscar, tried to extort him. And I guess maybe he shot them down and was like, listen, ladies, have you seen my fishnet pictures? Yeah. Not a big deal. Oh, 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 big deal. Oh, so the, so so a spork is somewhere where it's not supposed to be. You think that phases me? And apparently they also went to the wife, the ex-wife, and says, hey, we're going to le- release this photo. It could be embarrassing for you and your daughter. So not good people who are trying to do this. Um, but was the wife in the pictures? No, 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 no. I think it's they of just, her husband. They just of her ex husband. They just went to her to try and say, "Hey, hey, you don't want this stuff out there of of your your child's father, extortion." Because I'm sure she's got a bunch of De La Hoya money in an account somewhere. Um, and so that didn't go well. The question I have for him is: Did you know they were filming? I don't know, man. Like, what kind of he state had, of mind? I'm sure you, he was. First of all, what mind. what kind of state of mind do you have to be in to sit on a spatula? Secondly, well, I don't no know. Mind. I don't know if he was sitting. Good. Secondly, <laughs> if you knew they were filming you, you had to believe you've oh, appara- been in this position before. Apparently, they like they got pictures of his driver's license while they were there. Like I've wow. seen some bad extortion. Like remember- Oscar, Oscar, it's Oscar. it's it's not good. He must have been under. He had to have been under the influence. I'm, sure. I'm hoping. I'm sure he's been. You know, it's not. It's not like Oscar hasn't had his past with that stuff. Do but. you remember the fishnet picture? Oh yeah. Him in the stockings. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was pretty humiliating. I mean, look. We've but seen, that might be his thing. We've seen some weird attire to the ring. Who am I to judge? Fishnets might be comforting. In the ring. That would be classic. <laughs> well, I'm so. I'd be, I'm surprised, like nobody. And now entering the could, ring. Could you imagine if Con, could you Oscar ima- the utensiler? Could you imagine De La Hoya? Could you imagine he could Con- be a wrestler? Could you imagine if Conor McGregor got the opportunity to fight Oscar De La Hoya? No, I can't even. I mean, imagine the trash talk that, that he trash would bust talk out would be beforehand. He'd be <laughs> Conor McGregor would just bring a bowl of pasta to the to to the podium. He's just like, you want this for later? 
I brought a spoon for you. Oh, man. man. Crazy. Everybody have a fantastic week. Good to have you guys back. Great great way to end this show. Absolutely. Uh, Great to have you guys back. Marchforcancer.org. Go to marchforcancer.org. Register May 19th, Fort Lauderdale Beach. Great cause. I'll tweet out the link afterwards if you guys... Uh, if you guys can't type, I'll just put it there for you. I'll make it as easy as possible for you. Uh, go to my Twitter account, at Brendan underscore Tobin, or at 790 ticket. You guys can catch it there. And uh, we'll do this next week. We'll talk to you guys then. Make it a great week. <clears throat> Welcome back, guys. Bonus segment here on the show. Wanted to get a, a few things before we get out of here. A couple of boxing notes. Uh, Gennady Golovkin. Still looking for an opponent for May 5th. Uh, they're trying to move this thing to the StubHub Center in Los Angeles, so it's no longer going to be in Las Vegas. I really don't know why there is such the, there is such a push now to have him fight on May 5th. I thought the whole point of it was that if the, they were trying to kind of save it for the fans that were there in Las Vegas because they had bought tickets, they had booked the hotel room. So I thought it was really a push by the casinos or MGM or something like that. I don't really understand this. I don't understand if you're... Gennady Golovkin at this point, why not just wait till June and you could actually have a marketable fight like against Billy Joe Saunders? I don't understand the idea to go uh, fight a Spike O'Sullivan or uh, or uh, Devachenko or any of these guys that they're throwing out there as possible opponents for, for Triple G. Why not just wait until June at this point and fight Billy Joe? I, I because it seems like a lost cause. Like May 5th, it's just like, okay, Triple G's fighting. That's great. And maybe it's a question you don't want to overtrain. This is where you want to be, and you just want to set yourself up to fight in September and fight Canelo Alvarez. Um, maybe you just want to move on at this point. I don't know. I just don't understand the point. I don't I don't know why there is such a line in the sand to fight on May 5th. Um, the last report, I think it was Dan, from Dan Rayfield, that it's going to be May 5th. Um, it's going to be... On HBO, so it's no longer on pay-per-view, which is good. At least I'll have that guaranteed TV money coming his way. Um, and that'll be – I imagine that'll do well because Triple G, you know, he he rates well. T- Triple G's always done good TV ratings. He just uh, – he, he's just not the most bankable pay-per-view star. So I think Triple G will will get a lot of people to tune in and watch him fight. And HBO needs some high, higher-profile boxing matches just on their network. They really – you know, the um, – the fans notice. The fans notice that HBO isn't quite as committed, even though they have a good card coming up in a couple of weeks with Daniel Jacobs on it and uh, and Jarrell Miller and, and Katie Taylor. So they got some stuff working, but it's 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 noticeable. It's noticeable that HBO is not as involved. So I just don't get why you know Canelo. I don't even know the dude that they're throwing out there. Uh, yeah, I don't even know who this dude is that that Gennady's fighting, Vanessa. Martisayon? That's lost on me, man. Look, I, I follow boxing. The fact that I don't know that guy, <clears throat> just it, it speaks to where that fight's at. No disrespect. I'm just I'm just letting you know from a fan's perspective, uh, I don't know who that guy is that he's fighting. Um, I know there's been a, pu- big pu- for, a big push for uh, people wanting to see him fight as mandatory, Sergei Derevchenko. I don't know why that hasn't come to fruition, but Kennedy's not interested. So... Uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that this is happening with Golovkin. Next week on Showtime, uh, we got Adrian Broner taking on Jesse Vargas. That's a fun fight. They're going to be uh, fighting at a, at a welterweight next week, so you can check that out on Showtime. I'm going to go with Jesse Vargas again and win. I just can't trust Adrian Broner at this point. Like, I love Adrian Broner. Um, but the interesting thing with, with Adrian is 
you know, ever since he went up and wait, I just don't feel like we've seen the same explosion. I don't think we've seen the same guy. You know, this was a guy at one point, uh, people thought that he not only was going to be Floyd Mayweather, he's going to be Floyd Mayweather, but he knocks people out on the reg. And, you know, you could see him try and mimic some of the defensive tactics. He's very popular. People like watching see, to see Adrian. His rise is, is interesting in that he, he grew up in the social media age and people enjoy watching Adrian Broner, the character. I just don't know if they enjoy seeing Adrian Broner, the fighter, anymore. So that'll be interesting. I'm all for seeing Adrian out there. Um, love to see Pops brush his hair, all that stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jamel Charlo, or Jamal Charlo, he's going to be taking on uh, Hugo Centeno. Into watching the Charlos, I think they're fun. I think they, uh, I think it's, I, th I like the whole gimmick they got going. I think that they, uh, they're very charismatic, and whew, very, very entertaining. I mean, what Charlo did to Erickson Lubin, who, in himself, is a showman and flashy, just deaded him. I'm very, very impressive. So I like watching the Charlo brothers. I think they're fun. Showtime, this is the thing with Showtime. You know, Showtime is, the, is I think, the boxing fans network right now just because they really invest in it. I feel like they give these guys a good platform. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like the Jared Hurd numbers last week against Erickson, uh, Ares Landy Lar, excuse me. The Those numbers weren't great. The fight started super late on the East Coast. You know, like I couldn't believe how late they were going. Um, and the only thing that really kept me going was the fact that UFC was going on, but I can imagine for fans that are just tuning in for boxing, it was really, really late to watch Jared Hurd. So maybe keep the super big fights, the ones that'll go that late, and not the ones that are. I think that fight was in Brooklyn too. It was just, it was really, really late. And the next week, also, we got Javante Davis making his return against Jesus Quillar. Quillar. This is an interesting one for a couple of reasons. You know, Javante. A lot of people are down on him right now because he missed weight in his last fight uh, on the McGregor-Mayweather card. People don't think he fights as frequently as he should for his age. And, you know, he lost a belt on the scale. This is for the WBA regular junior lightweight title. So he's got another chance to win a belt here. The other interesting thing is there are apparently rumors that him and Floyd aren't on the greatest of terms right now. And I think that is Javante. That's It is interesting because... Part of the appeal is, you know, Javante has that tie to Floyd Mayweather right now. And people look at him as like uh, a style, Mike Tyson-esque style at 140 pounds or lighter. So the fact that, you know, he's going to be fighting at weight classes where he's not even making the weight and he doesn't care about winning on the scale. And then the other thing is, you know, he comes out in that McGregor Mayweather card. He looks like a Furby. You know, just weird outfit. And, you know, he's all, it was all sizzle and no steak. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great performance. So I think Javante's got a lot of proving to do in people's eyes. Obviously, he's way too young for people to write off. And I think people get way too quick with that. But he definitely has some proving to do to people. I think he definitely has some proving to do to people in this upcoming performance. And, Here's the one thing, though, you know, where, where Floyd goes out and they say they want to do the Lomachenko fight. I don't even get it. 
I, I don't even know where you think he's close to ready for that fight, unless you think that he can go out there and he can dead Lomachenko, uh, or he can physically bully him because you know he's just much bigger than him. But I don't I don't know that one's uh, that one's a rough that one's a rough for me as far as a matchup right now. You know, you talk about two really different styles, and Lomachenko's just got the ultimate pure footwork where Javante is force and power um i don't know i i just i I, it feels like too much too soon for him i'm gonna be all for watching that fight i'd be very very excited to see it just because we don't get that enough of seeing two high profile young guys go at each other so the fact that we may actually get it would be tremendous i am just a little surprised that floyd wants to do that fight and that's why i think people are in this uh mindset that maybe they're not on the greatest of terms right now because you know ultimately a guy like floyd if, if he sees gervonta as a meal ticket he'd keep him as far away for as long away from lomachenko and the fact that he's even willing to work with top rank to make it happen it's interesting it's interesting to say the least so uh i'll pick him to win next week uh because i gotta imagine he's so he's so talented i can't imagine that we're gonna get back-to-back stinkers from him so I'm going to go with, uh, I don't think I have any upsets here. I'm going to go with Javante. I'm going to go with Charlo. And I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Broner. I think Broner gets the win this week. I'd like to see Broner get a win. Uh, Amir Khan returns next week too against Phil Greco on ESPN+. Plus. You guys can check that out as well. So that's our show for today. I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of their week. And who knows? Who knows? The, oh, you know what we didn't talk about today on the show? I can't believe it. I, I can't believe I didn't bring this up. CM Punk. Let's just uh, do a little UFC before we get out of here. CM Punk officially has his second fight. He's taken on uh, Michael Jackson, Mike Jackson, the um, the guy who lost to Mickey Gall. He he's fighting the guy who lost to the guy who beat CM Punk. That's the that's the timeline, and I imagine that's because UFC probably does have a lot of guys zero and one under contract, and that's a stack card UFC. Here's the thing. The thing that's good about the CM Punk fight, this is what I like. The CM Punk fight, what's great about it is it is on a monster, monster card. Yoel versus Robert Whitaker. You got Colby versus RDA for the fake motorway belt. Um, you got Holly Holm taking on Megan Anderson, which is awesome. And then you throw on a little CM Punk. I'm all for it. Let's do it. Shout out, let's do it. Because, you know... There's plenty of times I tune into pay-per-views and I'm just like, I'm a little lulled out. You know, they just put on a car that they probably know is going to go long or can fill some time. And I'm all for putting CM Punk on there. I, I want to see what we got here. Like, you got to remember, when they signed CM Punk, you know, it was a two-year layoff before he actually got in the octagon. So the fact that we're on fight two now... I think he signed in 2014, so we're on fight two in the man in the span of four years. Yeah, we want to see CM Punk and what the hell he's gonna do. Let's do it. Does he win, dude? I have no idea. I'm, I, 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 I was the idiot who picked CM Punk to win the last fight. One of my worst calls ever. I just thought like CM Punk, you know, he was used to the stage. Um, he'd been training for two years. I didn't know bleep about Mickey Gall. Other than uh, his amateur fight and the fight against Mike Jackson, so I thought, yeah, I think so. I could see CM Punk getting his arm raised. Boy, was I wrong! Two minutes in, 
Um, I don't know if I'm going to make that same call. You know, Mike Jackson does have combat background. He's he's kickboxed. He's boxed before. Um, and Mickey Gall's turned out to be pretty damn good. Look, this is a guy who beat Sage Northcutt. He's no bum. Mickey Gall's a good fighter. So I don't know if I can judge Mike Jackson that much off of that loss. Doesn't seem like a shameful loss to me at all. So I don't have a pick for it yet. We'll get to that on fight week. I will pick next week. We got Kevin Lee versus Edson Barboza. And I'm going to go with Kevin Lee getting the win there. You know, he fought Tony Ferguson. He had staph infection. Wasn't his full self. He's had some personal stuff. He lost his coach. His coach took his own life. So he's had some personal stuff that he's had to deal with. I do think Kevin Lee is very, very, very entertaining. He's a talented fighter. You know, we, we talked about the Poirier thing and whether or not he'll get that title shot. And I think that there's too many... I think there's too much of a blockade right now. I think the UFC really, really is going to end up protecting Khabib Nurmagomedov because they want to make that fight against Conor McGregor. Let's be honest. So, you know, when Dustin comes out yesterday, you know, when Dustin comes out yesterday and that he says, I'm deserving of the title shot, um, he's right. It's hard to argue. It's hard to argue there's a lightweight right now that's not in that triumph, trium- that trinity of title holders. It's hard to argue that if we were going to look at the pure number one contenders, that Dustin is not in that mix. I think he certainly is. Um, the problem, I think, for Dustin is I don't know if the UFC is going to risk losing the Khabib fight. I don't know if they are. Now, look, Khabib may say, I want to fight Connor, and that's that. I, I want to fight Dustin, and that's that. I don't see it likely because Dustin's a dangerous fighter. He's a great striker. He gets better seemingly every time I see him in the cage. But let's just say uh, he does. I could see the people at the UFC putting up a big, let's not do that. So what do you do with Dustin? Does he stay active? I think you got to stay. I think in this division, it's more important in lightweight to stay active, to stay to stay at a point where people are watching you than any other division. It's too deep. It's too talented. I don't think you could just sit idly and be out of people's minds. So I don't think Dustin can be in one of these cases where we don't see him fight for the rest of the year. I think he definitely has to fight again. Um, I think the move is, if you're Dustin Poirier, to get on the next Khabib card, probably, if you don't get Khabib. I think if you can be the co-main event or on the pay-per-view card, fighting Kevin Lee, if Kevin Lee wins this week, for example. Kevin Lee wins this week. I think you do Kevin Lee versus Dustin Poirier. I think that'd be a fun fight to do. Uh, They'd both be on the same timeline. And I don't think either one of those guys is getting Khabib next. I think Conor is. But I think it's certainly arguable whoever wins that fight should fight Conor McGregor. Because I don't think Tony's coming back anytime soon. That knee looked gnarly. I'm no doctor. I don't know when, when the hell he's coming back. But that knee looked awful by Tony Ferguson. So let's say Tony's out for a while. All right. Uh, I don't know if you can have really Eddie in the picture. Eddie's lost to Connor. He's fought for the belt. He's lost the belt. So I suppose you could do an Eddie versus Khabib fight. But are we there yet with Eddie? Is Eddie does, does Eddie deserve to be back at the dinner table? Uh, Kevin Lee's gotten his opportunity to the interim belt. He lost. Yes, he was on. He had a nasty staff infection. 
but he didn't win the interim title. You know, Dustin's really the only guy who hasn't gotten his crack. That's the one thing you can say. You know, Eddie's had the title. Kevin Lee's lost a shot at the title. Dustin's never really had a chance. He's lost to Connor at featherweight. That was a long time ago. He's had four years ago. What is he supposed to have that held over his head forever? So I think Dustin definitely deserves to be in the mix. I just don't know if the UFC will let him be in the mix. You know, like Dana's yesterday, he's like, yeah, he's definitely one of the guys. But I think Dana knows in the back of his mind what I want to do first is Connor versus Khabib. Okay, if you're going to do Connor versus Khabib, let's let get let's let Dustin get some shine. Let 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 him have that next contender fight if it is against a Kevin Lee, if it is against the Eddie Alvarez rematch, if it is against Edson Barboza, let him have that fight on Connor versus Khabib's card so people will a ton of people will watch him. Um and if he wins, I'm sure a lot of people will be talking about him definitely deserving the title shot, and then he's then it's undeniable at that point. Um, that'll be what's interesting to watch out for. But anyway, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kevin Lee beating Edson Barboza next week. We got Frankie Edgar taking on Cub Swanson. I'm gonna go with Frankie Edgar to win that fight in his hometown. I think he bounces back and gets himself a win. Chase Sherman against Justin Willis. Chase coming off a loss. But I'm going to go with Chase. David Branch versus Tiago Santos. That is a barn burner. Two great strikers right there. Tiago Santos, man. That dude, I mean, he, if you want to talk about Edson Barbosa and Tiago Santos, I mean, I think Tiago is the only guy who could even talk about being in Edson's class as a, as a, as a kicker in the sport. Um... I'm going to go with Tiago to win that fight. Aljamain Sterling versus Brett John. I'm going to go with Aljo, hometown. I think he gets that win. Jim Miller versus Dan Hooker. Uh, give me Jim Miller. I'm going to go with Jim Miller getting the win there. I think he wins it by decision. So that's our uh, that's our card for next week. Very, very fun. Fun card. Fun card. Can't wait to watch that one. Everybody have a great week. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the bonus segment. Love y'all. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.